Welcome to episode 97 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Good, good. All right. Well, let's just jump right in, I guess. I don't feel we're uh, going to. I know you got an interview coming up here in a little bit, so I'm not going to keep you too long. But uh, Bedlam was good, at least for the first half. And then obviously, we kind of had, we kind of talked about this before the game. You and I did just texting, and we knew that they were going to start hot more than likely. And then as the game progressed, they did exactly what we kind of talked about, how they were just they just got tired. And we're going to see that predominantly the rest of the season, especially if they're really only going to give minutes to Curtis Jones and Duncan DeMuth off the bench, going with seven guys predominantly for the rest of the season. It's going to be tough to find wins. And I know we've talked about that as well on this, you know, once we found out that uh, Jones, Kalu, and Weathers uh, were removed from the team. Yeah, I mean... I don't mean to be negative, but this season is what it is. Um, I hate saying over because it implies why bother caring or watching. I still think they can win a game somewhere. I've seen crazier things. I think Syracuse made the tournament like last year, the year before, with like eight scholarship players. So wild things happen. OSU will win a game. They'll have a game where they do like they did um, in Bedlam and, and meet a team who's having an off night and get a W. But at the end of that game, you could tell they just got tired. Heck, the first half, um, they had a 28-9 lead with about 11 at the 11-20 mark. And OU outscored them 22-9 the rest of the way. They played really good defensively, and they shot lights out. And then they kind of crashed back to the median, and their legs got tired, and the fouls started to pile up. And, I mean... It stinks more because they had such a big lead for them to lose the way they did. And honestly, if it had just been a close game and OU just pulled away late, I think we would have been less disappointed in it than we were because OSU built a 28 to 9 lead. That almost made made it worse. And we you and I texted about this, and I hate being this way, but you could just tell it was like, oh no, this lead is too big. Like it's gotten to the point where it's comically big. This doesn't feel good. Um because it just made the comeback that much worse yeah you could i mean i will say the crowd last night was really good um I yes haven't they looked were the actual numbers but it was i'd have to guess it was at least over nine thousand. which for a wednesday night bedlam bad record what have you whatever excuses you want to make it was a great crowd uh i you know you could tell there was a buzz in the arena when the team ran out um you know starting lineups you know when lindy just was unconscious those first five minutes which was just awesome to see um you know, there, there was a buzz in the arena and it was fun. And that at least tells me that, you know, the fans are still sitting behind what Mike Boynton is doing and they're still going to support this team despite the hardships they're going to go through this season, probably lose, you know, pre- predominantly all their games the rest of the season. I, you know, after the game, I was pretty upset and I was made the declarative statement of they won't win another game. I said that more just because I was pissed because of the way the game ended, but I digress. I think they're going to find a way to win a game or two. It's just going to be really tough to find. It's going to have to be a perfect storm of circumstances for them to find a win. But I'm just going to try and do what I can and find at least some positive from every game. And I saw a few last night. What did you see? I think my big thing is that they are going to have to... You're right. They're going to have to play Luke Majors a few minutes of the game. Like, and I realize there's a reason he doesn't play. Um, and I realize there's a reason that Trey Reeves doesn't play. 
but they're going to have to play them at least three minutes each in these games. They have to. They have to give players a break. Lindy Waters cannot play a full game every game the rest of the season. Um, Not if you're going to win any games. Because you're going to need Lindy to go off like that and and continue to do what he did in Bedlam for a whole game for them to win. That's just what's going to have to happen. Lindy's going to have to have a break. Um, They're going to put a lot of weight. And we talked about this before this whole, you know, before Bedlam and when this started. Lindy's going to be the one that I think the most pressure is going to be put on, the most responsibility is going to be put on his shoulders. He's going to have to get a break. He's going to need to be able to spend three minutes a game, at least, if not four, sitting on the bench. That's a long time. It is. It's a lot of game time. And a lot can happen. Major swings can come. But he's going to have to get a break. They're going to have to figure out how to incorporate Trey Reeves and how to incorporate Luke Major into these games because they just can't – they can't – this team will be so tired. They will get blown out every game at the end of the season because they won't have anything left in their legs by the end of the year. And I, 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 it's just, it's just really sad to watch. It is Um, it. And my hope is, and it's weird to say, because there's a lot of optimism around the program right now uh, because of Boynton, because of the recruiting he's done, um, who he is, the way he presents himself, the things that he says, and what happened last year. I think there's a lot more optimism around the program than there's been in a long time. This season feels like the lowest point since Eddie was fired. I agree with that. I, um, I agree with that. And I'm and I'm kind of hoping that you know we've we've had bad seasons, we've had bad years. That this is the point, and this is my hope, is that this is the point where the program bottoms out. Um, this is just the, the pinnacle of things. Boynton figures some things out from it. Um, how to avoid bringing in kids that are a problem. I, I don't, I don't, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to blame him for three kids doing, for three kids doing stupid stuff for, yeah, whatever happened with Cunningham. Um, but he brought them all in and he's had to kick them all out. He's going to have to do a slightly better job, but I, I'm, my hope is that this is this program finally bottoming out, and and next year can be the year we finally where we look at the season at the end of the the 2019-2020 season to go. This is this this is the real start of something good, and just let this year be what it is, and and uh, and not and not have fans lose faith in what Boynton, what we believe in Boynton, not what he's promised at all what we believe about him. I agree with you. I I think this is going to be the year. This, If this is the worst year of Boynton's tenure, given all the circumstances, then I think Oklahoma State's going to be okay. You know, I think if this was, a, if they were losing games like this with a full roster, then I would have reason for concern. But with nine guys, and well, now they have a walk-on, uh, so they'll have 10 guys on the roster. You're really only playing seven. Um I, you know, you take whatever is going to happen this season with a grain of salt and we move on and see what the future holds next season with a great class coming in. But I, I looked at the minutes last night. Thomas Azagwa played 35 minutes. Lindy played 37, and that was predominantly just due to foul trouble when he was off the court. I think if he stayed out of foul trouble, he would have played all 40 minutes. And then McGriff, Cam McGriff played all 40 minutes of that game. You're not going to win many games, even if it's your three best players, with them on the court for. 85 to 90% of the game. They're going to have to find minutes for Luke Major, Trey Reeves, you know, let these guys just play and just see what they can do. And 
I'd rather just take any sort of improvement that way than run those three guys just into the ground because that's what just what's going to continue to happen if they don't find minutes for the other guys on the bench outside of DeMuth and Jones who are going to play get the most of those bench minutes. Yeah, I mean they're just they're going to have to they're going to have to contribute some and especially when DeMuth played 9 minutes and in 9 minutes did nothing. Yeah. So I there's your other problem. Really they really had six guys. Jones played 25, Duncan DeMuth played 9 minutes total. So really six guys were on the court for most of the game. They need they need a couple minutes a game, three to four, out of Reeves and out of Major. They're gonna have to. I, I don't I don't think they want to, but they're gonna have to. Um and and Duncan DeMuth is gonna have to grow up real damn fast. Because if even if it's just nine minutes, he needs to get he he was 0 of two from the floor, 0 of two from the foul line, had two rebounds and three fouls. Yeah, they don't do plus minus in college. That's it's it's not. It wouldn't be good. And I don't mean to rag on the kid. He's a freshman, and he was never supposed to be in this position to begin with. Um, he was a guy who was supposed to come in and give you four minutes a game um, to give other guys a break. He was not supposed to be in this position, but he is. He is now. Um, he's going to. He's going to have to do more. Yorane had a great game, stayed out of foul trouble for the most part, had three fouls. That's not going to happen every game. There's going to be games where DeMuth has to play more minutes based on foul trouble. He's going to have to to give more. I don't know how that happens, but he's going to have to for this team to win games because otherwise they're literally going to be playing with a six-man, a true six-man rotation, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to your point on Yorane real quick, and this will be kind of my final thought before we move on, but – he has been fantastic this season. Like, if foul trouble aside, he's been the big man that Oklahoma State has needed, the true five post player that Oklahoma State has needed for a very long time. And he is skinny. I mean, he's tall as heck, but I mean, he, he gets knocked around the post occasionally, but his ability to alter shots as a freshman right now is extremely impressive. He's finding his footing scoring. He's starting to make his free throws. I know he started the season horrendously, but he's making his free throws consistently now. He's been able to stay out of foul trouble really the last two games. And part of that is due, like he's not jumping on shots anymore uh, predominantly. I mean, obviously he will every now and then he's a freshman. It's going to happen. But he's been able to alter shots by not fouling the guy and jumping into him, which I think is impressive. And that's impressive coaching as well to be able to kick a freshman of a habit very quickly. And next year and the year after, once he puts on a little bit of weight, he's going to be a force in the Big 12. He's going to be one of the best big men in the conference. And I don't have a doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, he's actually, you're right. And I'll, and I'll echo with this real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, he has, he's done well from the line. The past three games, he is seven of eight from the line. So uh, I'll give it to him. He's doing well. He's shooting at a high percentage. He's, you know, he's, he doesn't get a lot of shots. He gets four or five a game. But he's he's, what is that? Um, he's right around 60%. ten of thirteen. Yeah, he's ten of thirteen. Like he he does well around the rim. He takes his shot well. He he's doing better at the free throw line. He's getting rebounds when he can. He's he is of all the guys coming in. I think we had the least expectation for him, and he has been the biggest revelation of this class. Absolutely. Yeah, I, Which I didn't think is wild. Yeah, I, I didn't think that he was going to play at all, really, and hardly at all, just because of how skinny he is. But I obviously there's a reason why I'm not a Division One scout or Division One coach. So, and there's a reason why I'm sitting here 
you know, behind a microphone. You guys get to listen to me ramble for 20 minutes twice a week. So uh, there's a reason I'm in the position I am and Mike Boynton is in the, in the position that he is. So I will uh, I will take that one. And I am very impressed with what Yorne has done. And I know he's going to continue to get even better. So yeah, this, this yeah. is the, he is one of the cornerstones of this program and he's going to be moving forward. There are it's it. there are positive going to be positive takeaways from this season they're going to be ones that we have to reach for a little bit on some spots um and it's definitely not going to be on on the record but there will be some positives out of what's happening this year and some we won't even know and that will be my final thought yep that's my all right that's my final thought as well thank i'm glad we were able to at least find some semblance of something positive before we before we kind of before we move on here but now let's get in you and I talked about this. You have done a fantastic job, Philip, of getting all the recruiting stuff together for football the last week or so, 2020, 2021, 2022. It's been fantastic for the site. It's been fun to keep up with. I'm not as big into recruiting, admittedly, I know as you are and some other guys on the site, but it has been cool to see, and I'm glad to see Oklahoma State being aggressive on the recruiting trail. Uh, Gundy's using the helicopter. I think it's kind of awesome. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I, I will let you take the lead on this one. Uh, I know this is a big weekend for juniors, and I know next weekend is as well. So take us through some of the guys who are, you know, the bigger names that maybe have a chance of becoming Cowboys here in the next uh, year or so. I'll start by explaining this. Yeah, if you've been on the site, there's been a lot of recruiting news popping up lately. Um, we, myself and Matt Harris, have been keeping track of all of the offers that have been coming out for the past few weeks. And the reason there are so many is this is what they call the contact period. It's now through February 2nd. Um, it's been the last few weeks. Um, coaches are able to go out, talk to players, meet players. So you're going to see, you know, with the 2019 recruiting class pretty much wrapped up, There used to, this was a time where you were trying to finish the 2019 class before National Signing Day. But with the early signing period, this now allows coaches to spend this period more focused on future classes, in this case 2020, 2021, even 2022, um, and trying to build those up. So that's the reason there have been so many offers coming out these past few weeks. Uh, Without going through and counting off the top of my head, OSU has made at least 30 offers in the last two, two and a half weeks. Now, most of them have been for the 2020 class. And there've been a lot of really good ones. I, I, I hate doing this. Go to the site. You'll find everything about 2020, 2021, 2022. I can't run down the whole list, but there's been a lot and a lot to really be interested in. As far as this weekend goes, this weekend and next weekend are what they're calling junior days at Oklahoma state. So current juniors will come to campus, um, Take a look around, meet with coaches. You're going to see a lot more offers come out of this weekend. You're going to see a lot of recruits in town. We don't know everybody coming, but the names that we have been able to confirm, there are a couple of of big ones. One of them is in-state four-star cornerback, Miles Slusher. This kid, out of BA, is really stinking good. OSU is legitimately in the running for him. I would say OSU, OU, Arkansas, and Oregon are the favorites at the moment. Um, if this is a kid OSU can get, this is the kind of corner you want for Jim Knowles defense. Um, this would be a, one of the best corners they would have brought in. And they've, they've, they've done a decent job bringing in corners the last two classes. Let's be honest. Now, they haven't all been four and five stars, but they've been good. This would be one of the best ones they brought in. Another name to keep an eye on on Saturday is as four-star defensive and Alec Bryant. These are both 2020 kids. They're juniors. Um, this is one of the big-name kids coming in. He's got 16 offers. He's out of Perlin, Texas. He's another one. This defense really looks for corners, safeties, and and defensive ends. You know, 
he's going to be good. They can get Alec Bryant that'd be nice. It's nice to have him here. The biggest one to really keep an eye on, though, is actually coming in on a Friday. That is Juco defensive end Sony Fanua. That's the last piece to the 2019 puzzle Oklahoma State hopes. He would be an immediate impact player, help provide the depth and the experience they need on a line that has been, I mean, we, they lost six guys from the defensive line from the 2018 season. They're gone. Um, so Fanua would be an immediate guy. If he's not a starter, he's the backup. He would be able to play immediately. He is in town on Friday. He's already visited Nebraska. Um, from what I've seen across social media, he had a really, really good visit there. He's visited Central Florida. F- from the lack of things I've seen, I'm going to assume that visit didn't go quite as well. He's in OSU this weekend on Friday. He has one more visit to LSU before he makes his decision. I, hopefully his OSU visit goes well. I think the Nebraska visit went very well. So I would put them at the forefront right now. But I, I trust OSU to do a good job in swaying him. Um, the guy who's really going to be leading Fanua's recruitment is Benny Tonga. He's the director of player recruitment. Because OSU is down a coach, they are allowed to have um, Tonga recruit. They're down a coach, so Tonga can recruit. He is certified. He can go recruit. He can go out on the road and recruit and be back in Stillwater to do so as well. He is Polynesian. He's been a huge piece of helping get Polynesian players to Oklahoma State. Fanua is Polynesian. That is going to be their, I want to say, ace in the hole in helping sway Fanua to come to Stillwater. Um, Tonga's done a good job. He's really helped in this area. I think he's actually one of their when it comes to this particular kind of player, this is his area of expertise, and that kind of relationship they can have is very important. I give OSU a really good shot to get Fanua, but if you ask me for a, a guess on on odds, I don't know if I can give you one. I just don't. Um, I hate that LSU gets the last visit. They're going to do a really good job of trying to sway him. He had a really good visit to Nebraska. I could see him ending up there. I think OSU has a real good shot to land Fanua. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see how he reacts to his visit afterward. I think that will tell us a lot, is how does he react to this visit compared to how he reacted to the Nebraska visit. Yeah, I think Fanua would be one of the bigger gets of the class overall, uh, just considering how young the defensive line is going to be next year, inexperienced, what have you. Uh, This is going to be one of those that I think will – you know, have a huge impact early on, obviously, for Oklahoma State. And I would love to see Fanua play uh, for the Cowboys next season. I'm really interested to see at least what Oklahoma State does defensively. We know what they're going to bring in offensively, recruiting-wise. Uh, but considering what Jim Knowles was, is able to do with a 4-2-5 defense, that's really what they're recruiting to right now is guys that fit that scheme. So now I'm interested to see what guys are interested in playing in that scheme and who they're able to get. I love the aggressiveness right now going after four and five stars in this period right now. Gundy says they go after the guys they think they can get, and they wouldn't offer these guys if they didn't think there was any sort of opportunity for them to come in. So to extend that right now, it shows that maybe there's a little bit of aggressiveness now with Gundy, and we can hope that. Uh, recruiting is an inexact science and extremely weird. Uh, so this is this is something that we'll, we'll see how it goes. I try not to get too much into it because guys make – you know, are very indecisive at times, especially guys that are higher recruited and they have tons of offers. So we'll see how this goes. But I'm interested to see what the future of Cowboy football holds. And, you know, recruiting is one of those things that kind of helps give us a glimpse into that. Yeah. I, recruiting is a lot of work to track and it's fun. Um, 
I know it's frustrating at times because OSU doesn't land the players that that everyone thinks they should. Um, and shout out to Adam Lunt and the Tape Doesn't Lie podcast. If you haven't listened to their one on recruiting, you should. You learn a lot about why some of the reasons, the realistic reasons why OSU struggles. Um, OSU has a massive disadvantage. They just do. Um, part of it is they they don't have the budget that other schools do. And the other part is that Oklahoma State is in a unique situation where they're in-state. Their in-state rival is a blue blood program. There's just there's just not many situations like Oklahoma State is in. If you want to if you want a comparison at this point, oh, no, I don't have a good one. I don't. Um, there's just there's just not a lot of comparisons to what OSU has to deal with and, and fight through um, in the recruiting that I don't think people give enough credit to. I don't I'm not trying to make excuses, but there is a certain reality to it that. You're dealing with 18-year-olds. Um, if you take off your orange-shaded glasses sometimes and remember what you were like at 18, you, what sounds like logic to you is probably flawed. Um, I think Gundy works his butt off. He has been on the road all week long. He took the copter out around Oklahoma. He's been up to Kansas. He's out in New Mexico. He's going to California this week. He'll be back in Stillwater, but he's been on the road this week recruiting himself. He's He is doing what he needs to do. And hopefully this will this will pay off, and some of these kids that they're really targeting, especially some of these in-state kids that are talented in this 2020 class, will commit to OSU. Yeah, this is a you know this is a great opportunity for Oklahoma State to sell their program, and you know we as much as we don't like you know Gundy's you know aggressiveness or lack thereof at times, uh, we have to work with what we can get, and he goes and finds guys that even though they are they may not be you know high profile what have you, he's done a great job of developing. Yeah, you know, lower star guys into great players. So I'm, I completely trust what he can do and his philosophy. And we'll see what the future, like I've said a few times, we'll see what the future holds. And you know, recruiting may not be my my strong suit, but at least it's kind of fun to watch. So I'll let you continue the reins on that one. But we are uh, Philip. I know is about to head into another interview for his podcast, so he can plug that here in a second. But where can everyone follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at OKTXAR Poke, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Um, yeah, that's it. It's going to be a busy weekend. Cool. Just keep track of the site. We'll have plenty of recruiting news as we find it. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. I'm finally getting back to podcast with uh, Royals Farm Report. I'm actually recording right after this, so I will have the opportunity to do that. And uh, so I will plug that and check that out at Royals Farm. And we will see everyone on Sunday for to talk a little bit more basketball and hopefully some more stuff. I don't quite know yet. We'll get there. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>